0: To honor America with the performance of the National Anthem, eight-time Grammy Award winner, Chris Stapleton.
1: Oh, say and you see by the dawn's early light, oh, so bright at the twilight's gleaming, whose broad strides and bright stars through the perilous fight.
2: Welcome to Road Warrior Radio. You're tuned in live this Friday, March 3rd, 2023 on the one and only Republic Broadcasting Network. And as always, thanks for coming along for the ride. It is a wild and dystopic ride, to be sure. Speaking of that, um, I think we're in talks, uh, making arrangements to try to have Amanjabi Jabi on next week. Uh, next Friday, it sounds like. Next Friday, first thing. Not sure how long that'll last if it'll just be the first hour or whatever, but uh that should be terrifying I think not really i mean i've I've talked recently about this I don't you know I don't want to be a part of terrifying people and you know what maybe this is something that he and I will talk about um, he's he kind of has this presentation of subject matter um, and The way that I see it, because from what he says, I mean, I haven't talked to him personally about this, but um, my understanding is he's a sort of late entry to the subject matter. But he's come up to speed incredibly fast on a variety of subject matter. And it's real interesting when you first kind of jump in, like I, I, I feel like I can sort of relate to him and his experience. You know, I have told the story many times of being in the mortgage business, being a, um, wholesale lender rep at the time during the, you know, just right sort of at the beginning, final, the final stages of the beginning, if that makes sense of the subprime contagion. Um, when we saw the collapse of, you know, Bear Stearns and Lehman and all that kind of stuff. And Kramer was saying, no, grandma, don't definitely stay in the market. That's good. You know, you should stay in until you get completely fleeced. That would be good. Why anyone would listen to somebody like that after, you know, that is beyond me. Um. Anyway. I was writing about it beforehand and knew that something was going to happen. It was obvious. If you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that everything, you know, what goes up quickly will eventually come down. That's just a fact. It's going to happen. And then when you know how markets work, was it McKinley or Garfield? Who said once you know, I th- was it McKinley? I want to say, I forget. One of the two who said once you know that you understand that basically when a small group of hands can pull some levers and create boomer bust cycles, then you don't have to be told how the economy works. And I think that's pretty straightforward, pretty true. So you can you can sort of see that and maybe maybe say, well, you know, sure people are opportunistic or whatever, but it's not like they're actually trying to do something bad. And harmful but then you tip over onto the other side of the fence obviously and you go yeah yes Virginia actually there is a conspiracy and for me I was writing a thing I called Friday Pearls a, a newsletter for mortgage brokers and it was I would say fairly well informed um, but then you know, and I was I would say I was walking the a fine line, the razor's edge. And then I, I was reading a report by the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency and uh it just seemed like they were it was a confession letter. They were saying, you know, this all of this stuff that you guys are doing you shouldn't be doing in the marketplace just because it has been Um, you know, just because the regulatory mechanisms have enabled it doesn't mean you should be doing it. And if you, you can keep doing it, but if you do, it's going to have, you know, catastrophic consequences and we wash our hands of it. You're probably going to do it anyway because, you know, people do what people do. We're not good at the telephone game. If we were, we would listen to the stuff that Aman Jabi says the way that he says it, and we would get religion, so to speak, and we would turn off the television and all this other stuff, and we would just basically, you know, our prime time date nights and television watching and stuff would be exercising and maintaining vigilance to try to, you know, Put things right, but we're not good at the telephone game. And so, one of the reasons I like playing Chris Stapleton's national anthem at this year's Super Bowl is because you can, I don't know, to me, does it sound melancholy? I feel like there's a bit of melancholy in it. So, that is definitely is the message that I want to send whether or not that comes out it does to me maybe I'm just hearing things but you know it just seems it seems raw it seems kind of country but you know it's I, you know and I don't know exactly what he's gone through in the last few years but he was he was flying under the radar for a while and, and experiencing tremendous success and then there was that Justin Timberlake moment, and all the other crazy stuff and did he did he have a run in with the chief commander or something, as Bob Dylan would say? I don't know. I hope not. I hope he's just extremely talented guy that you know, but first John five nineteen is an understatement. We know that the beloved, we know that the whole world that we are of the that we are of God and that the whole world is in the power of the evil one. When you really see what's going on, that's an understatement. So anyway, Um, if we really understood, we would, we would heed the words of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, you know, and how we burned in the camps later. I've been saying this for years. I feel like we're, you know, constantly there thinking, what would things have been like if every security operative, when he went out at night to make an arrest and, but, you know, uh, Mana's saying, doesn't matter. I thought it was interesting. Thanks, Brian and Jenna, for, you know, making the arrangements and for, you know, keeping me sort of apprised and stuff. But, you know, that interview with Buck Johnson a few days ago, Buck was, you know, saying what everyone should probably, you know, kind of the the obvious takeaway. So, you know, they won't even need policemen then, right? No. Absolutely. You know, and it's, as Aman Javi says, it's the reverse open-air prison that's being constructed right before our very eyes while we party. Like, it's 1999. So, you know, back to Solzhenitsyn, you can sort of set aside, you know, we could change the, the optics of, of the court a little bit. It's not so much the arrests as, you know, the reverse open-air prison that's being created in panoptic fashion. But um, like Solzhenitsyn wrote, you know, uh, if every security operative when he went out at night to make an arrest had been uncertain, whether he would return alive and had to say goodbye to his family, or if during periods of mass arrest, as for example in Leningrad, When they arrested a quarter of the entire city, what about when it's not people, though? You know, and think about how we're being weaponized against one another. And you know, if you're in law enforcement, you have the same concern. I mean, they've been slated for obsolescence, just like everybody else. It's okay. We have we have uh, Boston Dynamics dogs or cheetahs or whatever they want to call them at the at the moment that do it much better we could keep playing the clip of Jordy rose you know what if we could make a robot for 10 sell it for 15 and make a profit to replace your hundred thousand dollar a year job and best of all we would never have to hear any well you know just order following Or if during periods of mass arrest, as, for example, in Leningrad, when they arrested a quarter of the entire city, people had not simply sat there in their lairs, paling in terror with terror at every bang of the downstairs door and at every step on the staircase, but had understood they had nothing left to lose. And had boldly set up in the downstairs hall an ambush of half a dozen people with axes, hammers, pokers and or whatever else was at hand. The organs would very quickly have suffered a shortage of officers and transport, and notwithstanding all of Stalin's thirst, the cursed machine would have ground to a halt. If, if we didn't love freedom enough, and even more, we had no awareness of the real situation. We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward from the Gulag Archipelago, a guy who was there and spent time. In it. So, in one of the camps, and obviously the archipelago. So, in this case, the organs and their uh, machinery are slightly different, I would argue. And again, you know, that's probably something that we'll get into next Friday when I'm on. Is on. Um, There is that meme that floats around social media I've seen where it says something like, you know, two people are talking and one person says, So what do you do? And uh it says God's work. I think it should say the Lord's work. I do the Lord's work because of the way that it sounds. And then uh the 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 person says back, Oh, so you're a pastor or a preacher or something like that? And then it shows a picture and it says not exactly, and it's a person sitting on top of one of those banks of cameras on a light pole dismantling them. So I do the Lord's work. Oh, you're a preacher? Not exactly. That kind of thing. I mean, if you listen to what Jabi has been saying, it's, you know, the hardware got to go. Otherwise, it's too late. You are in a reverse open-air prison where, sure, you're on the outside and you're free, but you know what? You have no access to anything. You've been shut out of the developed world effectively, so to speak. So we'll probably get into the, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, again, the point that I want to sort of emphasize right now is, as I've been saying, I don't want to terrify people because I think that's – part of the alchemical transformative chaos magic that's intended to be brought to bear. Think about what just happened through COVID people. I think are particularly vulnerable to that right now and susceptible. That's what's supposed to happen. You get overwhelmed with wave after wave. And the one, the one nuance that sort of comes to mind that I would mention right now, not this isn't just, this isn't, you know, generally speaking, I'll just say this. People say, you know, dress rehearsal or whatever. I don't think so. And I think that in technology terms, maybe Amon might agree with me, in technology terms, it's called iteration. And when you, when you uh, say dress rehearsal... That to me functions as the slide that we've talked about in the last couple of days. Your mind is suddenly lulled to sleep. You're anesthetized. Oh, well, you know, maybe maybe that's – it doesn't connote the sort of magnitude and severity of the situation. Um, when you say – Iterative. If you understand how how that works, and you understand the emphasis that I've placed on Mark Zuckerberg at the F8 the Fate conference back in 2011, when he said, "I think our biggest boast is that we iterate like a a 500 person company, a smaller company, and it's getting faster." If you're in the technology marketplace if you understand code i'd be curious what amon has to say about that but you know if you're in that marketplace it's really starting to pick up speed and i mentioned recently you know there are some languages that that are disruptive it's really starting to pick up speed it's really starting to clip along i would say and all of those systems are really starting to come online but if you understand the concept of iterative and the speed that things are going to now, then you understand how serious it is when, you know, we're, we were hearing as we were going through COVID, we were already hearing about the next one. It's something, you know, speaking of Amon, he's sort of talked about that. But, you know, we I think we all remember that folks who listen to this network. Hearing, I mean, Bill Gates was saying it, the the. Um, The uh, Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security folks and the Georgetown folks, and the, you know, everybody was, at the, the, you know, folks at kind of ground zero of creating the catastrophe, or at least, you know, the disaster capitalists benefiting most were there telling us, you know, that the, uh, Event 201 types and so on. Just you think this is bad. Just wait till the next one. The next one, we we hear it's like 100 years. Oh, no, it's going to be it's right around the corner. How do you know that exactly? How can you be so sure? We should play that, you know, Associated Press clip of Bill Gates at the um, Munich Security Conference back in 2016, right? Wasn't that it? Millions could die from bioterrorism at the hand of a terrorist on a laptop. What? Think about that. (laughs) Anyway, I need to finish the thought on terrorizing people. And in this case, not terrorizing people. Specifically not. Important to not do that. And, um, you know, so what does that look like? What does that feel like? because I think it's different. So we are headed into a break, right? Yeah. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break.
3: time since its inception, RBN is offering a limited opportunity to you, the listener, to join our quest. You will be provided an effective platform on both internet and satellite broadcasting and also gain the opportunity to both share your creativity with our producers and voice your message with thousands of patriots. Interested? Call 800-724-2719, extension 3,
2: for details. Howdy, howdy. Did you look at my cool thing? He takes classified documents seriously. I'm Peter Seraphine with
4: this week's Liberty Minute and a reminder okay. to use code Lighthouse oh, at no, no. mystore.com so to save money can, on American-made like products from
2: American companies. Segments president Biden takes classified documents so work. seriously that he had so has at least one in his garage. The timer Just for a minute, let's forget a that a former vice president shouldn't have classified documents. Let's ignore the hypocrisy of Biden. Statements Whatever
4: regarding segment, Trump having right, classified a materials so at Mar-a-Lago, to to that, where there are secret service. What I want to know is yeah. why were attorneys, I got more, but out that's just sort of my working at the, U-Pen at the moment. Think tank lawyers yeah. cost hundreds of dollars an hour. Okay. Two guys and a truck would have been infinitely cheaper. Were the lawyers there because they expected to find something like this? Maybe the attorneys were there just so that there would be attorney-client privilege in place. The presence of lawyers doing a job that a couple of teenagers could do is intriguing, to say the least. Now that the story is out, I have many questions, but the White House press secretary has refused to answer a single one put to her. Hopefully, the new special counsel will have better luck. Find more news and commentary at liberty-whitehouse.com. Until next time,
2: should play the bill gates thing it's awful but i mean listen this is not some kind of deep fakery or anything like that this actually happened back at the 2017 munich security conference bill gates bill say his name rick allen jones gates why does nobody say rick allen jones Is not funny Mm, speaking of slides bill gates actually said this at the 2017 munich security conference go ahead please
1: bugs, big bombs. Please welcome Mr. Bill Gates. We also
3: face a new threat that the next epidemic uh, has a good chance of originating
2: on a computer screen of a terrorist intent on using genetic engineering to create a synthetic version of the smallpox virus or a contagious, contagious and highly deadly strain of flu. So the point is that we ignore the strong link between health security and international security at our peril. Whether it occurs by the quirk of nature or at the hand of a terrorist, epidemiologists show through their models that a respiratory spread pathogen would kill more than 30 million people in less than a year. And there is a reasonable probability of that taking place in the years. I mean, um... How does he know? Let's let's have an explanation exactly what on what information are you basing your claims, sir? Might be good to know that, huh? Maybe it's just me. That's not suspicious at all. You're just reading into things. Am I? And then Oh, and by the way, right before that, Anthony Fauci said what he said at Georgetown a a, a month before that. Remember, this administration is going to experience experience. Exactly. How do these guys know? And then, you know, you look at what's going on. Speaking of not being good at the telephone game. Who was right about everything and this whole dis the insanity of the whatever you want to call them people call them left progressive woke whatever I you know I don't I don't care for these labels particularly because I think it's part of the conflict paradigm I think we should break out of the dialectic like Nikki Rapana, uh exhorted and admonished so to speak don't I don't ascri- – I would never ascribe those labels to myself that would be ascribed, you know, whatever box I'm supposed to fit in because if you think about it mentally, it's comfortable to put yourself in that box and then what does that mean? Psychologically, what else comes along with or in the box? Again, I think that's part of the chaos magic. So – um. I think we should be better at the telephone game. We're not good at it. And so, you know, because of these monikers, these phony labels that are stuck on people and things, we can't seem to have a conversation. Social media is making us dumber. Jaron Lanier was right. Neil Postman was right. Marshall McLuhan was right. Whatever, you know, um, We should be having an honest conversation about these kinds of things and seeing that, you know, when everybody was right from the beginning about, you know, when you when you look at the, the the folks who were right and there were a number of them and they several of them were on this network. I mean, I have the drawing somewhere still. I posted it on the, you know, therwr.com. Site way back in May, I want to say, of 2020. That's when I drew it, I think. Maybe it was before that. Of all of the things that go on, I'll find it in the break and mention that. Because it's, you know, if you've been paying attention for any length of time, let's just say in the post-9-11 era, you know that all of these boxes that disaster capitalist and shock doctrine overlords want to implement, conveniently, COVID checked every box. And that's what been, they've been trying to do. I mean, it's this, it's the PNAC strategy rinse, rinsed and repeated. Barring some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. Oh, my goodness, just in time. Here you go. COVID was like a new Pearl Harbor. It was like a new 9-11. It's funny how that works. Every generation, huh? Out of generation, and there you go. So, anyway, I need to give it back to the cast Magic, but I'll find that drawing. Mention that when we come back. Stick around.
5: truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth which will conclusively prove george soros's role in orchestrating the pandemic but first dear patriots the truth train has brought us a conspiracy in our own backyard now you may think you know the story now, it's like I always say, there's a whole lot of bullshit out there. So I'd like to give Soros, Pelosi, the Zionist, the Mexican, the snowflakes,
3: and. and oh, boom. Stay strong, stay truth, strong. Tellers, truth tellers. Stay strong, stay strong. Stay strong.
6: And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff,
7: LLC.
8: 417-932-6419. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government,
1: It's the
6: good life, full of fun, seems to be the ideal. Yes, the good life lets you hide all the sadness you feel. You won't really fall in love. Cause you can't Take the chance So be honest With yourself Don't try to fake Romance It's the good life To be free And explore The unknown Like the heartache when you learn, you must face them alone Please remember, I still want you And in case you wonder why Well, just wake up, kiss that good life Goodbye
2: Welcome back. Please remember,
6: I still want
2: you. And in case, yeah. Things started to get weird after April of um, 2020. I posted on April 13, which is three days before the infamous... New York Times article, The Shot Heard Around the World, and the now debunked, truly debunked, uh, Imperial College London model, Professor Neil Lockdown Ferguson, who doesn't honor his own lockdown. Ah, we, we're all going to die. Everyone stay inside. Well, except for me, of course, because I have to go see my mistress and you know have a little tryst. A little rendezvous. But the rest of you should lock down and be afraid. Be very afraid. So, you know, I posted an image of the flatten the curve thing, and it's pretty obvious what was going to happen. You know, flattening the curve would – and, you know, all of the epidemiologists were saying this to people that got that got canceled, like um, – what's his name? The little Ewok epidemiologist, I forget his name, and um, Ionides and everybody who was telling the truth about what was going on, you know, flattening the curve, so to speak, will only actually make things worse eventually. It's, you know, you're not changing anything, really. We're saving grandma. Isn't it funny how we kept saving grandma only to, you know, really do bad things to grandma? Funny how that worked. There it is. COVID-1939 is what I called it. May 13, 2020. And the image is on the website therwr.com i posted it it's my drawing it's a funnel the covid19 coronavirus scare funnel and what goes in is restricted travel real id vaccines 5g bioengineering surveillance eugenics population reduction ai rewilding COG, continuity of government, cashless society, cryptocurrency, economic reset, quote-unquote. The big announcement came in June for that, by the way. UBI, uh, you know, so economic collapse basically. Crush fossil fuels, quote-unquote, fossil fuels. Just ask L. Fletcher Prouty about fossil fuels if you're not familiar Build slash transition to sustainable, quote unquote, green energy and tech, that scam. And again, you know, uh, uh, how does how does James Corbett put it? I forget, you know, uh, green energy is a scam. It isn't meant to work. I see, I always think of it, it's not supposed to work. That's why anyway, green energy is a scam, it isn't meant to work. That's right. And that's and we're seeing that, aren't we? In real time right now. Again, we're not good at the telephone game. We don't understand what's happening. Fossil fuels are not fossil fuels. Listen to Fletcher Prouty. He'll tell you how that worked. Guy who was essentially there. Why did it work? Because they They did the old cliche when you tell the lie over and over and over. Pretty soon the lie becomes the truth. That's what happened. It's sleight of hand. It's not a fossil fuel. But they got it listed as such back just before the turn of the 20th century. And obviously at those conferences that Prouty talked about decades later, where that he attended that term was droned into people at a high level and they started repeating it eventually they relented and here we are today the general public doesn't know any better they're not fossil fuels And we're watching the green energy scam fail. Uh, there was the other – speaking of James Corbett, he's done a great job with this green energy shenanigans, the nonsense. There was the – one of the other great deals is um, the interview 1599 New World Next Week with James Evan Pilato back in November of 2020. That was a good one. He's done quite a few. But, you know, story number one, secretive club for ultra wealthy environmentalists, environmentalists, wink, wink, revealed the secret billionaires, uh, secret club for billionaires who care about climate change. Creo syndicate, clean, renewable and environmental opportunities. They have this great new market, basically, and you and I are not a part of it. Speaking of this. You know, and there's more. This is a great. This is a great post, though. Everybody should listen to that. It was 25 minutes long. Who can't spare 25 minutes? One of the big things that I think we need to understand. So, the Fourth Amendment is supposed to. You know, one of the. Um, maybe I should just say in my mind, but it's not just in my mind. I'll just say anecdotally in my mind, the right of the people to be secure you know uh in their persons houses papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause now that's that's a funny statement feels kind of soviet but upon probable cause well that's 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 a fuzzy line um but let's just let's just go with the the best of intentions for now the idea is that you can resist tyranny you can not you know you can you can be uh, safe and secure while you uh, put together a defense shall we say or whatever redress of grievances And obviously that's not the case in this freakish dystopia we call America where, again, we're not good at the telephone game. And when you have like an Ed and Elaine Brown or a – you know – what's the guy's name? This – you know – I'm telling you, what is going on with my brain? That's going to bother me now. Right. 3212 unredacted. James Gordon Meek. That's who I'm thinking of. Um, You know, you see it with that kind of a situation. The inability to resist tyranny and quietly, you know, gather your thoughts, basically collect your thoughts. Money is another big issue. When we are thinking about mounting a resistance to something so to speak you know if, for example people could get their heads together and follow Amanjabi's advice for example and start to really go after the hardware infrastructure at a local level it's been going up for 15 years i remember talking uh back in 2008 about how <clears throat> post falls idaho was one of the pilot places around the country and all of that data was already in 2008, you know, when there were people, you know, these cameras would show up in places like post falls, post falls, Idaho. Why stoplight cameras and stuff post nine 11. And that stuff was, you know, speaking to, you know, one, one friend who at the time was working by proxy, you know, for DHS essentially, and was a part of that program installing those. That that stuff was already dumping into a central data bank. And then, you know, it wasn't long after that, there were some articles in the Spokesman Review about um, the license plate readers in the area in the Spokane-Coeur d'Alene corridor. And by the way... You know, at the same time, speaking of the, the virus stuff, every every we got the national pandemic initiative and, and every state suddenly got their uh, pandemic response plan. Whoa, where did that come from? Some of us went to public meetings speaking of the telephone game and said, you know, and it says the state health official, by the way, who is that person? This person coordinates the response, which may include mass vaccination. Even though the nothing happened, the pandem- pandemic didn't occur. That's what it says in here. And everybody said, oh, that's crazy. Why would you even say that? Uh, I would say it because I'm reading from this document. That's what it says. State health official coordinates the response. The one person. Who is this person? Do we, do we all remember electing this person? Do we know who this person is? And there's a continuity of government, you know, in an emergency pandemic type situation. All state agencies fall under the authority and purview of this, you know, Bureau of Homeland Security. Well, that's weird. Every state got that kind of stuff. Anyway. It's been a little. It's been a little crazy. We should be better at the telephone game. Let me get back on track here. So this, this image that I mentioned that has all of these things that dump into the funnel because we want to run these through the sausage maker and have this come out the other side and be neatly packaged. And what comes out is control, a police state, technocratic, communitarian, communist, socialist, fascist dystopia. And it feels, you know… So my caption was COVID-1939 terror funnel. Back in mid-March, I circulated this sketch among family and friends. Was I wacky or prescient? Just paying attention. That's all. You know, in mid-March, when that infamous New York Times article came out, it was pretty obvious. Everybody says COVID-1984. I don't think so. I think that, again, is a term of art probably cooked up somewhere in Tavistock COVID-1939 you know 1984 is a fictional account of a dystopia this is the chaos magic 1939 actually happened in reality that is a historical fact some you know Whatever. 85 years ago, something like that. 1939 is reality. In fact, it happened. 1984 is chaos magic. Where it's that adhesive kind of suggestion. Will you take this and make it your own? This evil idea? We shouldn't. So, you know, this to sort of finish that thought, this gets back to the point that I was trying to make about when we talk about terrifying stuff, it's Friday. We're supposed to keep it light. The phone lines are open, by the way, We're supposed to keep it light. Um, we shouldn't be talking in terms that uh, make it sound like we, you know. It's inevitable. You know, we shouldn't be speaking in terms of inevitability. We should be speaking in terms of absolutely not. And so as sober-minded Americans, what does that mean? This is not a good idea. And not getting sucked into the Marxist clash of civilizations to draw a hard line. You know, we played that clip the other day. We should play that again perhaps um what's his name in uh Moscow, Idaho, Gabriel Wrench, who says you know I don't think we're i I don't think we're taking this stuff seriously enough again, to my point about the um the telephone game, I think we should play that clip again. I don't want to feed into the chaos magic we should be sober-minded as americans and just say no not on my watch absolutely not hopefully that makes sense stick around we'll be right back
3: Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen planned to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. silver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile OxySilver through HealthyWorldStore.com.
1: When you were here before, you couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You float like a feather. Wish I was special You're so very special
2: Welcome back. I don't care. All right, we're going to cram this clip into this segment. We might even play it again in the second hour. And then we'll we'll do uh, calls at the top of the second hour here in a minute. But here's what Gabriel Wrench said, and I agree wholeheartedly. Go ahead, please.
0: Was, was the media and, and the, the, the good kind of media.
2: <laughs> well, Gabe, um, it's
0: been an ordeal, and now it looks like you're getting – at least a resolution, it looks like what you're, what you're hoping for. What in this whole saga, what are you kind of hoping the message is going forward? What do you hope you can tell people about it? What do you hope people take from it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a couple things. Uh, for one, is Christians, we need to be more convicted about what the Bible teaches about worship, about gathering for church. Uh, and, and we need to be able to read the story better. We have, I think, for far too long, Christians have um, been too soft or too nice or too—they've uh, believed liberals too much. We always thought that there's a neutral ground that we can, um, you know, <laughs> work towards, and everyone could exist, you know, peacefully. But the liberals are out—they're out for blood. I mean, they're out—they're out for. They want to force abortion down your state's throat. They want to force gay marriage down your state's throat. They want to force a mask on your children. They want to force, they're out for blood. They're trying to win a cultural war. And Christians have been, I think, too passive about the cultural war. We need to be far more convicted about the word of God in the public square than we are. And, and then I'll say lastly, the third thing is, you know, a little bit of courage begets courage. And you saw that with President Trump, you know, this, this president who, um, you know, it's kind of all over the map, but the one thing he did do, do well was show courage and show how to fight. And maybe not all those fights were that good or well-planned or, or, or the right ones, but, like, he showed courage. And and so we need to be more courageous with the truth of God's Word and also the truth of the Constitution. Like, if if the church—I'm convinced—if the church never would have shut down, this pandemic and all the lies that surrounded this pandemic never would have happened to the extent that it did. Mm. And And so— I want the church to be more courageous and be more concerned about what God's ordered them to do and not so much concerned about what liberals are telling them, uh, you know, at the city council level or even the governor level.
2: There you go. That's pretty straightforward. And it is, you know, it's not just a culture war. It is religious in nature. We played Peter clips of Peter Burfind yesterday, who I think has done a remarkable job telling that story. And, uh, would that we got really good at the telephone game really quick and then responded accordingly second hour coming up we'll go to the phones we come back stick around we'll be right back
6: the Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central.
5: You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network
1: because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.